Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing, the most trusted podcast dedicated to the new business of location. Hello, everybody, and welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Today is March 16th, Saturday morning. We are doing episode number 121. My name, Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. With me, as always, from Toronto. Take it away. It's, yeah, Asif Khan from the Location-Based Marketing Association. So it was a busy week, Asif. Uh, March break is uh, finally over for us, and uh, kids are back to school next week. That means that we're back to a normal pattern, but it, nothing slows down in the location-based marketing world, which you're about to see here by our six key stories. Our guest of the week, which is Shuli Lowy of Ping Mobile. She's going to talk to us about SMS marketing and the do's and don'ts and, ta- and a very specific tactic, which I think was very fascinating. Great resource of the week from a media post around mobile ad targeting and how it has increased in 2012. And plus... Plus, 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 so much more. But we're going to start first with a few announcements around what's going on in the world of the Location-Based Marketing Association. Yeah, so uh, lots going on. As you said, the, the break is over and uh, right back into the uh, the full schedule. So actually, uh, um, it, it, we're, we're doing this on the 16th on Saturday here, early in the morning. Uh, but uh, as of tomorrow, I will be in London, England uh, for what is a series of crazy events uh, that kick off the week, uh, uh, starting with, uh, on the 18th, uh, Social Media World Forum, which is a, just a huge, huge event uh, and um, uh, happening in London uh, over uh, uh, Monday and Tuesday. And I'm uh, doing a panel on uh, social location and mobile, as, as is often the case, uh, with some fantastic guys, uh, Jonathan Hudson from Shop Direct uh, Group uh, over there. Ian Carrington, who uh, heads up uh, mobile uh, uh, for the EMEA region for Google, will be on that panel, as well as Craig Hepburn, um, who uh, runs uh, all of uh, digital and, and social uh, globally for Nokia. So it should be a fantastic panel. Looking forward to uh, jamming with these guys and, and uh, hanging out, and, and all the other great uh, brands and, uh, and businesses that are going to be there. There's a ton of fantastic retailers. And uh, and other interesting uh, mobile and location tech. So it'll it'll be a fun uh, a fun event. Uh, and then it doesn't stop there. We're uh, the LBMA is hosting a a meetup uh, on Tuesday night. That's the nineteenth. So if you happen to be in London, jump on our website uh, thelbma.com, and you'll see it there. We'd love to have you come out. And uh, the next day, uh, we're launching um, uh, what will be the start of a new chapter in Berlin. Uh, hosted by Spotistic, um, and uh, we've already got something like 50 people coming to that event, uh, so it, it's going uh, to be a busy, busy week, and then uh, back home after uh, a stop in Munich, and um, get back, and then uh, you and I gear up, Rob, for uh, uh, an LBMA San Francisco chapter event uh, called Developing for Location, where we're uh, basically putting a panel together of experts led by your Amazing, amazing uh, moderation, and uh, featuring Locate and PlaceCast and Urban Airship and Pushpoint Mobile and, and a bunch of stuff, and all about uh, tools and SDKs and you know how to how to build location into into your uh, into your apps and services. So, 
So please come out to that. Can you believe it? April 3rd, 6 to 9 p.m. at Edelman, San Francisco. Um, and it is uh, free for LDLA members, $25 if you are not. And it, it features Scott Kabeaton from Urban Airship, Rip Gerber from uh, Lockade, and uh, Greg McAllister from, from uh, Pushpoint. Right? Yep. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. And we're going to be there in San Francisco. We're going to be yes. there. Yeah, of course. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm also going to be there for a, a two-day summit, um, which is a mobile summit, which I'm very interested in. It's a hush-hush. It's a secret thing. It's a secret summit. But uh, some hundred and so or so invite-only guests are going to be sitting in some place in Sausalito for a couple of days and uh, talking about mobile strategy and the impact of mobile. I can't wait for that as well. So timing of this just worked very, 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 very well. And I can't wait to be a part of this. So Steve, thanks for, thanks for asking me. Thanks for, for thrusting sure. it upon me. Of course. Yeah. Yes. Well. Uh, so please go and register for that. You can find all these informa- all the information about the events from the, the Location Based Marketing Association on the lbma.com forward slash events, including that uh, San Francisco uh, Developing for Location event, which I think you should go to. We will be there. All right. So what do you say we uh, we jump into the uh, the news of the week? Um, we have enough app stuff that we're going to be talking about within these six stories that we're going to be covering here. So we are not going to uh, we don't have anything a, a featured app for this week because. Uh, you know, three of these stories feature apps, and we're going to be talking about them along the way. And so it's not like we're not fascinated by anything. We're just, you know, you you can get over-apped, I think, and, and we've got a lot of stories on apps. So uh, there is no featured app for the week. However, we will be talking about a number of them throughout this episode. And why don't we just start? Start, 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 start. Um, we have, Our first story is um, around, uh, you know, I have a fascination with burstable... Um, uh, you know, gap filling work apps like GigWalk, right? We've talked about a lot of these companies, location based, uh, you know, gigs for hire. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've also come from the restaurant industry where uh, here locally there is, a, well, in Canada, there's a chain of ke- uh, steak restaurants called the Keg and they do something called Silent Shoppers, right? Which basically is a, is a way to ensure that the service that you're getting and the quality of the food that the customers are getting is up to par with the corporation, with the, with the company itself. And in fact, uh, I was actually fired because of a silent shopper because I didn't say my name when I approached the table. And uh, they're very stringent on this. And I've been working there for many years. And I guess they was going with a youth youth movement. So I have I have kind of this mixed relationship with with silent shoppers. But I believe in that you know if you're pushing your brand out into the real world, you have to have some way of monitoring that. And to this point, it's been very prohibitive just around cost. Um, to be able to to get a mass number of people to go out and and take a look at the how your brand is portrayed in certain stores and and that's why I loved Gigwalk and that's why I love this story which is Curie which is a company that is has segmented it down to helping people find or understand how their their brand is being placed on shelves and stores and whether or not it's being placed appropriately or priced appropriately and I and I like these guys I like this kind of a story because. You know, it gets people to work, and uh, and you can earn money from these things. Yeah, it, it, it's uh, you know the business model and and the application around location-based services is is very effective uh, in this kind of framework. When when you start to, you know, I think you know Curie is um, you know it, it's like Gigwalk as you point out in the sense that it, it's about creating you know jobs uh, for people to do. But it's very specific type of gig walk in that uh, it's focused on sort of uh, brand affirmation around helping them verify that their product has been you know displayed properly, 
is in the right spot in the store, is priced appropriately, et cetera. Um, and it's actually, uh, you know, if you were to kind of contrast this, um, I would say the closest thing to this uh, within that category is actually Romler uh, out of Amsterdam. That's exactly what they work only only with brands, um, you know, and and focused on that sort of verification exercise and employing people to go out and and tasks that that kind of check, you know, that uh, that the brand is properly represented. So, um, what uh, what Curious has come out and and announced. Just, just this this time around uh, is is two things. One is is that uh, you know they were they were they have this app called Easy Shift, which is it's an iOS app, and uh, that's what they've been running on up up until now. But they've launched this new thing called the Q Card because Easy Shift uh, and the original service was kind of focused on you know here's a job, here's a specific time we want you to go out and, and do this uh, at a specific location. Whereas QCard is is kind of an ongoing engagement by brands of of um, you know of, of these particular users or or workers, if you will. Um, so they can they can sign up now uh, as a brand. Uh, you can sign up with with Curie uh, to get this QCard service. It's an ongoing service, uh, you know, where you can you can engage people over and over again, uh, and sort of almost kind of like build your own. Personal workforce within the system, as opposed to, you know, there's a workforce and they're just kind of bidding, if you will, for tasks that are put out by various brands. So I like this move. Um, it, it's a attempt to create a revenue model uh, for Curie, which you know, you and I are big fans of revenue models. We like that. We like when people actually try to make money. So. Um, yeah, uh, I like it. I like this as well because we've talked a lot about about that, the revenue model and the benefit to the consumer and the benefit to the brands. And and you've got an army of people out there that are willing to do these things, that, that are brand advocates. And I think that that brings these people out. And, and there, there can be a, a loyalty factor that it gets tied on top of this for the people that are doing this on behalf of the brands. And and you really get to ensure that the, the placement of your product is in the appropriate place and, and that it's actually doing what it should be doing and it's and the returns are doing what it should be doing and, and Curie is making some money. And they're talking about, was this somewhere in the realm of 50 to 100 bucks a month uh, for this service when they when they were launching it or is that uh, yeah yeah no that's that's right and 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 for the for the user for the for the sort of the the end consumer worker that's on the platform apparently um, usually what happens is is when when a when a job is assigned you've got uh, about 48 hours to complete the job you can earn three anywhere from three dollars to forty dollars per shift depending on what it is there's there's uh, uh, a point system as well that kind of helps gamify it. So there's like uh, you know in-app rewards, if you will, and a leaderboard uh, that tracks you know which workers are doing uh, more and better than others and all that kind of stuff. So uh, which uh, you know again it it just when I read this story I, I thought Romler mm -hmm. uh, you know because mm -hmm. that's exactly the same kind of thing that Romler is doing. So uh, just over over in the European market. So um, yeah, this is great. And it brings a level of accountability to uh, to everybody. Uh, so the the merchants, the brands, and uh, and then uh, of course you know it just it's it's another income source. It could be another income source for for anybody who's uh, who's interested in doing this. So if you're interested in it, go to Curie, Q U R I dot com and uh, take a look at it. And you can download the uh, I guess it's an only iOS app right right now for that. Yeah. It's an easy shift. Um, so you can just do that from the App Store. Q-U-R-I.com. First story. Very cool. There you go. 
so, so our next story uh, is uh, one of the ones that's coming out of South by Southwest uh, this week, and uh, it's a uh, an app called Beergram. Uh, it's spelled B E, sorry, B double E R G R dot A M, Beergram. And uh, basically, the premise of this is. Uh, you know, social sharing and buying your buddy a beer, effectively, is what we're talking about here. And what they've done is, is they, they set up a system around the city of Austin to use BeerGram to promote craft beers in particular. And so they tagged, you know, different bars, different locations around the city that uh, were, uh, had craft beers on tap. Uh, the app is kind of like Foursquare, so you, you check in um, and, you know, you're just trying to check in and find you know, places around you that are, are offering these craft beers. And then when you arrive at the bar, uh, you can basically, um, you know, enjoy a craft beer. And you can, uh, for the others who are on the app, you can basically buy somebody else a beer. So you, you can, um, you know, allocate a number of points in the app is how it works uh, and, and assign those to another BeerGram user. And then when that BeerGram user shows up at that bar, and checks in, they get a notification that says, hey, you know, your buddy Joe or Rob, you know, bought you a beer, you know, here it is, you know, try it out. So it's a, it's a great way to kind of socialize and, and, and bring exposure to some of the craft beers uh, that were available during South by Southwest. It's, it's a very good, I mean, we've, we've talked about uh, a company called uh, Buddy Beers. I interviewed Buddy Beers on yep. TV. This was a, a couple of Septembers ago, September maybe. I think it was September 2011, um, and that was uh, Travis Todd, uh, who was the founder of that. And and I think that you know th there's always going to be a uh, kind of a I don't know a a want to share these things. In fact, there's a Toronto-based company that is called uh, Voucher that does similar things to this, Asif, which is you 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 vouch for a location. So say you're in a in a great place and you're having an incredible hamburger and uh, you think, oh my god, you know my friends would really enjoy this. So what I can do is I can prepay for a hamburger um, and post that to Facebook, and then anybody with a voucher app that gets in there first can claim that that free hamburger. And it's it's a it's a pretty cool concept. And I think we're starting to see more and more of these kinds of services that are going to be out there. Um, I don't know about you. Have you have you used any of these kind of things? Have you ever bought somebody a beer, man? Uh, I have not, uh, but but I would I would totally do this. Uh, I mean, the the challenge with something like Beergram is uh, at the moment it's only available, you know, pretty much in in Austin and a few right. bars in Houston. I think there's a future to this as a business model because it's it, it's really interesting in promoting a specific location. I mean, here, here's what I like about this: whether it's Beergram or Voucher, right? To me, this is a better business model than Groupon for you know, for, for that local business to actually socialize, grow a fan base and, and get people to come in and share because at the end of the day, you know, okay, so if, so if I get a Groupon for, you know, 20% off, you know, a hamburger as you just, you know, described, maybe I go, maybe I don't, maybe I try it out, whatever, right? But if my buddy goes there and has a hamburger and then buys me one, Right and, and and post that and says come in here and, and try this hamburger, it it's that it's that extra filter of trusted friend that says hey you know if my friend likes this and he thinks I'm gonna like it, I'm gonna go right, and I think that that's that's a much more powerful sentiment than is, 
you know, uh, you know, here's here's a Groupon for twenty percent off, and you know, all the issues that we know that the, the the small businesses and merchants have with you know just giving away their margin and all that kind of stuff. There's no margin erosion here. It's you're paying full pop for that beer. Um, it's just that you're 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 helping them widen their their customer base, um, and 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 you're leveraging the power of the social network. Um, so I love these kinds of things. I want to see more of these kinds of things, and. Uh, you know, for me, this is what Facebook should be should be doing. Yeah, if you're listening, Facebook. Uh, yeah, if you're listening, Facebook, that would be amazing. Uh, the uh, what what yeah. I think is, it's the difference between uh, mass marketing, and uh, and and creating relationship with a customer, and, and Groupon and and the like is 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 that mass marketing side. We're just trying to get as many people in the door as possible, and then what we're going to do is try to convert. Um, and that's one way of doing it, and, and uh, it's like advertising. You, you try to attract as many people as you can, yeah. and then you convert them. And what, what these guys are doing, and I think what Voucher is doing, and, and what um, Beergram is doing, and all these little services like this, is they're trying to create that social link, as you said, between my friends and, and myself and this location, and based on the recommendations, or, uh, and trying to create a relationship with, with everybody. Um, and word of mouth, we all know that word of mouth is much more effective than, than the advertising and the Groupons of the world. Because uh, you want to have a positive word of mouth experience, not a negative word of mouth experience. Because they can both be, they can both have impact on your business. You just would rather have the positive feet, you know, yeah. uh, networking effect on that. So I like this. And, and um, you know, I think the challenges around this are always going to be uh, age-appropriate, uh, purchasing, right? So especially when you when it comes to alcohol, and it's always going to be under the scrutiny of uh, of the businesses and the responsibility of the businesses to make sure that you're selling to not you're not selling to minors. And and I you know we've never talked about the voucher app. Uh, they're based out of Toronto, and and this is this is an interesting one as well because it uses that that uh, it uses your social graph. It uses recommendations, but what it does is it puts a little bit of money into it as well. It says like I'm committed to you, Asif, that you're going to love this, whatever. And I'm going to pay for whoever it is that gets there first. One of my friends that gets there first, and and you hope that what it does is lead to a longer term relationship. So, um, uh, you know, it's pretty cool. Leave your friends a beer, you know, at by Beergram. Mm -hmm. That's B E E R G B E E R G R dot A M. We're having a hard time with that. Beergram, Beerger dot A M. How's that? Beerger. All right, our third story today is from an Australian company that is moving into North America. They've raised, I think, $3.5 million to date. They've raised another half a million dollars to actually move into the U.S. market. It's a company called Posse. This, this company is what I think, um, what, what Facebook is trying to be. You're awesome. You love exploring new places and sharing those discoveries with your friends. But why is it that even though new finds are always coming up in conversations, when you need those ideas the most, you can never remember them? So you're stuck getting recommendations from random people who you don't really trust with your Friday night. So instead of going out to that sweet local spot, you go to that same old bar. And when you go to a new city, this problem gets way worse. If you don't have a friend to show you around, you end up clueless or stuck in some tourist trap with no way to really see the unique spots that make the world so awesome. In a perfect world, you would always have all of your friends' recommendations with you wherever you go. Welcome to Posse, the world where you and your friends are free to create, share, and explore the coolest places in your hometown or in cities around the globe. In the world of Posse, finding the best places is a sure thing in any city because whenever you search, the ideas you see first are from your network of friends. And even if you don't realize it, your friends have friends in all sorts of cities. And in Posse, you have access to all of their recommendations. Here's how Posse works. 
When you sign up, you get to create your own themed streets and fill them with places like New York's best brunch spots or favorite health and fitness discoveries. Your friends can see your streets and you can see theirs. Plus, vendors can see your streets as well and give you a perk or two for adding their place to Posse. The more you use it, the more it grows, building a stronger network of trusted, searchable places all around the world. Log on or download Posse today to start sharing and exploring. You look at who the investors are. I mean, th this is this is where I get really uh, interested because uh, you know one of the key guys who's part of this 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 who was part of the original as well as this new round, this additional 500k is Lars Rasmussen, and Lars is uh, the guy who invented Google Maps uh, and is currently uh, head of engineering at Facebook. So, <laughs> oh, what does that tell you? What does that tell you, right? Um, and, he's, and he's on their board. So, um, how is that not you know, a, how, I just don't understand. How is uh, that not a conflict yeah. of interest? <laughs> well, you know, it's, uh, here's how I look at this kind of stuff, right? So it, it's not a conflict of interest if it's really just outsourced R&D for Facebook, right? right? You know, th this is the old, uh, you know, uh, Cisco business model, right? This is, this is what John you know, used to do back in the day, right? Like, you know, when Cisco was really rolling, you know, back in the 90s and in the, in the boom, what they would do is, is, is they would just throw, you know, half a million bucks into, you know, 10, 15, 20 different companies. And it's really just outsourced R&D for them. It, it's, you know, a chance to kind of like seed a bunch of things, see where it goes, you know, and the ones that really pop up, you know, we bring them in-house and they become part of, you know, Cisco proper and the other ones just, you know, die off when it makes sense. So for me, this, it's just in, in some respects, that's kind of what I see here, right? This is, you know, posse, you know, Trying to build a user base, uh, an interesting business model around you know social discovery of shops and retailers and things like that, um, which ultimately, if they do a good a good job, I think it just becomes a you know a, a part of Facebook. I don't think it's really intended to be competitive to Facebook. Uh, you know, my view of this is this is just you know a really outsourced R and D. I you know they they describe this as a um, playlist of shops, right? Yes. Which, I don't know how they come up with that, because it's like, what is a playlist of shops? I think that's very, you know, confusing and uh, doesn't really mean anything to me. But they're, they're targeting primarily women for this. Um, they, they interviewed a bunch of Foursquare users uh, to figure out what they liked about Foursquare and, and what wasn't working about Foursquare, and, uh, and then built Posse. And the idea that they're coming in, is just as, as the interview says, is, look, um, you know, when you look at Foursquare, they found that men are more drawn to the competitive elements like badges and mayorships and all that stuff. And women, uh, when they compete, it's not about points and badges; it's about status. And um, and so they've designed this platform around you know around that, around beauty, status, and you know being able to you know curate and playlist your shops. Oh man, where did where did <laughs> begin? Uh, There's too much going on it here. Just it, 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 you know. When I when I hear a story like this, I think that, uh, and especially when the investor is, you know, the inventor of Google Maps, and then he's also, uh, you know, works for Facebook right now, and he's putting his own money into this. Um, like this, this screams as uh, as a conflict for me. Even if it is, even if it is, it's not Facebook investing, or maybe it is Facebook. No, I, it, no, right? I know. I'm I'm just yeah. saying. Look, I mean, th this is this is what I expect with these kinds of oh, things. Yeah. Like. This is a complete acquihire waiting to happen. Ab absolutely, because Facebook's already doing this, right? They, these guys are not doing anything of any difference. And maybe the UI and the UX, the experience is different, and the, you know, the hope is that this is slightly different. And and however, maybe this is a good test. 
and it's it could be R and D. I think most mobile startups today are R and D, and most social and local startups today are R and D for the bigger companies. As we've seen in one of our stories, we'll talk about around Pulse and LinkedIn is a perfect example of this. But but these guys, you know, the fundamentals here is that they went to Foursquare to find out what's wrong with Foursquare. It's like where what, the list is long there, and this is what they've come up with, which to me is is exactly what Facebook is doing. In fact, you have to join Facebook, join Posse through Facebook in order to be able to do it. So it's all leveraging Facebook. This isn't a business. This is just it's not a business. Um, yeah. You know, th there is a revenue model because you can, for the businesses themselves, they can start to communicate directly with you who have uh, shown an inclination to their location. You can push them deals and you can push them notifications and you can push them benefits and rewards and all those kind of things. Um, and, and they pay a hefty price for that. Maybe I, I think it's around twelve or $1,500 a year in order to be able to do that. But if it drives, if it drives, uh, you know, uh, repeat visits, then that's something that you want to do in loyalty. But I just can't help but think that this doesn't matter in the long haul because there's a company that uh, is worth $105 billion uh, that has 1.1 billion people around the planet and, um, you know, 100 million businesses, I think, around the planet that are using it right now. It's called Facebook. And, and this just duplicates that effort. That's my, my thought. Yeah, I, I'm right with you there. I mean, so, so I guess the plus to sum this up for me is, you know, I think there's an interesting business model here. I think the concept is 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 got some value. Ultimately, I think this is just a Facebook. Uh, this becomes part of Facebook. Um, the one thing, uh, to, to, if I have to throw a negative on 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 the design and platform uh, around this, is is apparently they're building their own database of places. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And and, and I don't I don't get that. I don't <laughs> understand when you already have Facebook. You know, uh, check-ins and and their location database. You have Foursquare's database, which is freely available for anybody to you know build on top of. I don't know why you'd go out and build yet another database of places. Um, you know, so so I struggle with that part of this. Um, you know, I just think it's from a business uh, owner's perspective. If you're one of those merchants, uh, you know, do you want to go manage profiles in 15 you know uh, different uh, platforms? And and here's yet another one. Um, I don't. Uh, so, uh, you know, that, that, that's my one, that, you know, real negative point on this is uh, please don't build more, more place databases uh, for every unique platform. Just build on top of the ones that are already out there, please. You know, it's really weird because everybody's looking for their own IP, their own, their own something that they can claim. And, and location seems to be that, right? But, but the, you're right. You don't, have to, you don't have to duplicate this. And, and a lot of companies, especially with Posse, and, and we see this all the time, is that they create gates. They create friction for the, for the, uh, for the end users. So they're going to generate revenue from businesses. And the businesses are going to pay yeah. them a hefty amount of mon money per month in order to be able to communicate directly with the customers. And, and what they made is a self-serve area where you can put your location and you can reach out and you can communicate with your customers that, that like that location. As we've said, but how many retailers, how many restaurants, small chains, big chains have the ability to do that on a regular basis? We've mentioned this about a bunch of times before. This isn't their business. Their business is in the store, merchandising, making sure that they have product, making sure they have everything that they need. Yeah. But what they're talking about here is just another level of service that they have to offer in order to be able to reach customers. It has to be yeah. seamless, friction-free. It has to be one button. It has to be automatic or else a lot of these companies just don't have the time or the inclination or the expertise to be able to do this. They do not know no, how to do I'm this. Right, I'm right with you there. And, and just, just to please, to, if you're about there about to build, build something new, do not build your own place database, don't, okay? Don't. There are lots of great ones. You can build on top of Foursquare 
Or look, go talk to Tyler over at Factual. Go talk to Grant over at Locationary. Go talk to these guys that are, have already aggregated all the place data and put it in one place, or one spot, one yep. system for you, and, and suck it out from them. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's, don't, yeah. don't duplicate this. We're past that point. There's services already. So if you're, if you're interested, though, I mean, go and take a look at Posse. <laughs> P-O-S-S-E dot com. Do not misspell that. It's Posse. P-O-S-S-E dot com. All right, those first three stories uh, took a little bit longer than we anticipated, but there's lots of great conversation. And on the flip side, we've even got more conversation around this. So we're going we're gonna to cruise through this. Uh, right now, uh, I sat down, it's our special guest, I sat down with uh, Shuli Lowy, who is uh, the director of marketing for Ping Mobile. And they are a, is exactly as it sounds, a mobile marketing company uh, in, in the States. And this, this was a really fascinating conversation. And the only reason it's fascinating is, uh, well, there are a number of reasons, obviously, because we've spent a, a considerable amount of time talking about SMS marketing. We've talked about um, location-based marketing, and we've talked about tips and tactics throughout this, you know, the other 120 episodes of This Week in Location-Based Marketing. And Shuli is going to talk to us about uh, SMS marketing strategies and tactics. And, and one in particular that I'm, we're going to highlight in this clip, which is really key, I think, uh, to a lot of people and, and their marketing strategies. And our fourth story that's coming up right after is about, uh, she brings up a really interesting conversation around uh, giving people your location, especially fast food and fast serve restaurants. And it, it's going to lead right very well into our fourth story. But first, here is Shuli Lowy, the Director of Marketing for Ping Mobile. Take it away, Shuli. With the SMS, um, I just want to touch on that for a second because there is a, a more for affordable way to do it, which I'll, I'll discuss in a minute. Sure. But um, what we discussed in terms of the SMS marketing where uh, companies can send push notifications, uh, not push notifications, they can get a sense if somebody, they can look up a user's location, see if they're nearby and send them a text message to drive them into the store. And that's something that's been doing by White Castle, which is, you know, what the two of us initially spoke yes. about. Um, White Castle, which is a food chain. Um, it's being done by North Face, by American Eagle, and it is a wonderful way to drive people in. Um, the main challenge with that is it's hard, it has to be permission-based. It's not easy. In our experience, it's something we do. In our experience, we haven't had an easy time to get people to look up, to give permission to brands to look up their location. And it makes sense. I'll give brands permission to look up my location if it makes sense, right? So my weather application, it makes sense. They need to know where I am to tell me I'm back and forth between LA and New York, all right? So they need to know where I am to tell me whether it's going to be sunny or snow. Yeah. Like, yep. <laughs> it's understandable. Um, but the local fast food chain do I really want them being able to track where I am all the time? And this isn't just being able to know like a basic handle of, of where you're at. Hyperlocal ad, you know, tracking, they can get really close. They, they pretty much know what block you're at at all times of the day. Yes. Um, do I really want them knowing that? Uh, uh. People aren't as quick to, to allow it. And it's understandable. So what I generally recommend for companies that are building an SMS database is to build it in a way that's pre-segmented. Uh, so in other words, instead of trying to build this big mobile database and then asking your users, can I look up your location, um, in, you know, a certain amount will let you. Mm -hmm. 
but a certain amount won't. Uh, what you want to do is when you're building it, build it in a way where you're building different mini databases for different locations. So text in Ottawa to join our Ottawa fan club. Text in LA to join our LA fan club. You know, you get the sense. Um, text in, you know, you can split it up by neighborhoods, right? Um, or you can split it up by whatever whatever locational aspect is most important to you. But that's usually a much more effective way. Uh, I much more effective way to just to be able to get a sense for your user's location um, without having to ask them for permission for it. Um, uh, it's also cheaper. <laughs> I, but I really like that idea because it, when you identify, when you self-identify like that, it's not as it's it's. it's it's not as painful as handing over the reins to my 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 every whereabouts. So if right. if I'm in this neighborhood, like my neighborhood here is, uh, you, you know, could be the Glebe area, whatever it is, and um, I say that listen, if I sign up for this, any message that's relevant to that neighborhood will get pushed, and any relevant and any information that isn't won't, right? Like, uh, right, exactly. Now, is it as powerful of targeting? No, not really. Like. For example, I told you, I, I personally travel a yeah. lot. So I might be getting text messages from the LA branch when I'm in New yeah. York, right? So it, it's not a foolproof, um, but it's it's definitely a way to get a sense for your, your user's location without asking them for permission to do something which many users don't feel comfortable doing. Right. Um, for those that do, you know, for the ones that you can get to agree to do it, it's great. It's wonderful. Um, but for the many others that don't, it's it's a great alternative. What other tactics? Uh, what other tactics would you would you would you prescribe for people who are who are getting into this space? Because that's a really unique one. I love that. Instead of asking for permission to, to track <laughs> your whereabouts, just ask them to sign up for a, a location specific list or an SMS list. So, what other tactics do you like? I uh, love it. Don't give away like the farm. <laughs> Uh, no, no, not at all. I mean, I, I'm. Um, I mean, it, it's it's all about. Uh, if there's any advice I can give, I'm always happy to pass it on. I mean, my goal is to improve this space. Yes, mine um, too. Yes. <laughs> um, so the important things are to remember. First of all, um, you, you got to be really clear about the opt-ins. Um, it's it's so important. It's so crucial. I don't know offhand of any class action lawsuits for location based targeting, but I'm sure you know. And I think that's in large part because it's still in its early stages of being used. Um, but for those that violate it, I mean, we've seen the FCC crack down over here um, on people that have violated SMS opt-ins. Uh, so location based uh, violating location based opt-ins. Um, you know, I could only guess would be much more severe, yes. right? Yeah. It's one thing messaging someone without permission. Permission. It's one. It's another thing to you know look up their location, track them all the time without their permission. That is, that is that is wrong. <laughs> and that is Shuli Lowy from Ping Mobile. If you'd like to see the full episode, go and take a look at it on untether.tv. If you'd like to check out Ping Mobile, just go to pingmobile.com. I thank Shuli and I thank Ping Mobile. And uh, we appreciate them being a part of untether.tv and obviously allowing us to use this clip on This Week in Location-Based Marketing. So, see, she said something in there that was really key, which is about giving your location up 
to a third party is a challenge to begin with. It can be a gate, but certainly, do you really want to give your location up to a fast food chain or so, you know even a, even a uh, you know a takeout chain like our next story, which is around Taco Bell? Like this is this is yeah. interesting how how these these stories start to come together like this. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So so the next story here, our fourth story is uh, is Taco Bell uh, has got a uh, Doritos Cool Ranch taco uh, out, and they've been working with Pandora uh, to run a uh, location-based mobile ads uh, in the Pandora platform. And uh, you know, j just to kind of quickly articulate what uh, what they're doing here is 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 basically. Um, you see the ad while you're listening to the Pandora radio stream. Uh, it's expandable uh, to full page uh, as well as audio ad uh, within Pandora. So it's not just a, a, a banner ad. It's it's also audio. Um, and um, you know, you click on the thing. It comes up with a little message that says that just happened. Apparently, which is their uh, their, their their slogan or whatever they're going for. Right, this and and a picture of the Doritos uh, Cool Ranch Taco. Um, and then basically. Um, you then tap on it and you know try and find the closest Taco Bell location to where you are. Uh, what's interesting about this is there's nothing unique about this whatsoever. We see these kinds of ads, you know, all of these ads in Pandora or Spotify or the Weather Channels app or what have you are all location uh, centric like this. What's interesting and why I pulled this one out this week is that uh, you then, uh, after you click on this, you then enter your zip code to find the closest location uh, to where you are and it drives you to their mobile website that's optimized for that so on the one hand I like that uh, you know there there's sort of a move here to actually drive traffic to the mobile website and they're integrating kind of what's happening on the device and Pandora you know and actually driving traffic to their site uh, in this context and that, that site is mobile optimized so I think that's a plus here um, you know, but it but it does come back to you know your point of you know is that location sharing piece a gate, and for me, um, and then I'd love to what, hear what you have to say about this. But for me, Rob, the you know one of the recommendations that we talk about a lot from the LBMA when people ask us about designing apps and, and location sharing is um, ninety percent of the apps that you see out there today. You download the app, and like the first thing that you see after you install that app is, are you willing to share your location? And it's yes or no, right? And and for me, that's poor design because you haven't uh, you haven't asked or you haven't shared with the with the user what the what the value proposition is for them to share that location. Like you haven't said, you know, if you do this and you share your location here, here's what's going to happen. You just immediately hit them with, are you willing to share your location? And they're like, why? Why would I want to share my location? What's in it for me? What what's the what's my my ROI for doing that? Like. It, and, and I think that's that's the challenge uh, with with any of this kind of stuff right now. So so we 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 tell people not to do that. We we ask them to pop up messages that kind of explain, you know, thank you for downloading this app. You know, here's what you can get out of this if you do share your location. And then would you like to share mm -hmm. your location, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I think there, it should be stepped uh, a little bit more than than it is today. So. Yeah. And I think that's true of this campaign from Taco Bell, and it's true of most of the campaigns that we uh, or, and apps that we see out there. Yeah, you know, I'm so skeptical of uh, of how uh, look not how location advertising works, but the way that this works is that um, you know it's so arbitrary that I'm listening to uh, you know Pandora and uh, a Taco Bell ad pops up, um, and I'm I'm willing to go and find that location. It's just it it just seems old school thinking 
advertising thinking in a new age. But but the idea that you you do put your location requirement or request for location as your first thing is is ludicrous because you haven't established a, a you know a brand relationship with that consumer. Um, and, and there's no as you said there's no benefit that's been put out there, and it is a huge gate. And and I just uh, these are learning things. Uh, this is part of the learning process that we go through with new technologies like this. And and you're right. This is this is wholly and completely unremarkable. I mean, the biggest thing that this is really is that I can't believe that they've created a Doritos Cool Ranch um, shell around a taco. Uh, that to me means that you know instead of sending me to a location, or maybe you do this, is that you know the Pandora app with the ad sends me to the closest location, right? I punch in my postal code, whatever it is, or my zip code, and I get to the location, but immediately after it should send me a, a, the closest location to a washroom, right? That's what it really needs is that secondary <laughs> location because anybody who eats a taco, a taco wrapped with a Doritos Cool Ranch uh, shell um, needs a washroom as quickly as possible. As, lo as long as when you get to that Taco Bell, somebody's left you a beer gram, I think it's we're so okay. Good. Exactly. <laughs> so you need five beer grams, and then, like, maybe this should be targeted after 11 p.m., uh, you know, on a Friday or Saturday night, uh, you know, for, you know, the late-night munchies uh, after you've had a couple of beers, because that just sounds freaking disgusting. Taco Bell. So do, I, I want to know, does it actually also send you to the location of a nearest washroom for free as well as a, as a follow-up service? It's terrible. All right. All right. Our uh, fifth story here. This is, uh, you know, this is a rumor that's floating around here that LinkedIn is about to buy Pulse, the newsreader application, for between 50 and $100 million. Pulse has about 20 million users. For those of you who don't know, Pulse is a news aggregator. It's an RSS feed aggregator. It's kind of like Zeit. It learns your preferences. It, it's supposed to. I, I've used it forever. Um, and I've just used it as an RSS reader, uh, and it hasn't learned any of my preferences. It just brings in stories in a, in a really symmetrical view. I can bring in TechCrunch stories, or I can bring in uh, you know, any RSS feed into a linear band or strip of news items. And then I click on it, and it gives me a little bit more news. So, um, or it gives me the full story, or links me out to the website. So this is, uh, this is you know, following in Zeit, CNN's acquisition of Zeit. There's a whole bunch of other um, companies out there that are doing this, like Prismatic and, um, I mean, I name a whole bunch of these. And I, I think that this is in context um, around location-aware uh, content, a, a, pretty, a pretty significant thing for, for LinkedIn to do because it, content in LinkedIn is contextualized to the people that you know in the locations where you are and what's important to you around those two things and i think that uh, this is this is an interesting play although the the price that they're talking about is is insane for an rss reader especially when you start to think about google just icing google reader yeah. right for, they, they iced it they didn't sell it they didn't do anything they didn't find enough value in it um yeah. google's trying to drive people more people to google plus but here's here's uh, LinkedIn trying to become a little bit more than a a, a news or a little. They're trying to become a news aggregator as well as a people aggregator, and and this is a hefty price, I'd say. Yeah, I think the valuation is uh, is out of whack, but you know we see that over and over again with uh, with a lot of companies uh, in these in these days. And you know, I think from a, from LinkedIn's perspective, this, this potentially is a good fit for them. Uh, you know, when we think about. Uh, media companies today, um, and you think about Zeit, CNN, and all that kind of stuff. I, you know, I think it's it's interesting to uh, think about how we can look at uh, you know leveraging the user base to 
uh, tag content and generate content uh, and generate, you know, kind of, uh, you know, ha have everybody be a reporter, so to speak, uh, you know, based on, on where they are and be able to tap into that uh, when you need it to, uh, to fill out, you know, sort of uh, the news, uh, if you will, from, from a, uh, you know, sort of a publishing perspective. What, what I'm a bit surprised in is, is that, um, you know, how, how come Marissa Mira didn't get this? I mean, like, what happened? I mean, isn't she buying everything right now? I think now? that they were, there was uh, rumors that they were, that uh, they went out to uh, Facebook and they went out to, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, um, and Yahoo, but, uh, but LinkedIn okay. was one. And, and maybe that's not right, but, um, but yeah, Marissa well, should have. Well, maybe, maybe what it is is Marissa just, you know, also thought the valuation was a bit crazy. So, so, you know, kind of bowed out once it hit like, you know, 30 million or something, yeah. but uh <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, I mean, uh, if it happens, uh, despite the price, I think it's it, from a from a technology and a, uh, a reach perspective. I think this is good for, good for LinkedIn. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I use LinkedIn. I, use, I I'm you know, people say that they don't use LinkedIn, but somewhere along the line, it's become the most profitable social network on the planet, and some two hundred million uh, users, including myself, and and that's now become my online calling card, my business card, my resume, yep. if you will. And I do not use it as a news aggregator. I stay away from the groups. I don't get in, into conversation. Yeah. I, I'm much more active, spend much more time perusing Quora, Quora than I do with LinkedIn uh, because of the LinkedIn groups. And uh, I, I just don't spend a lot of time there. And the news aggregator to me is not, is not great. Um, it's interesting to see what my other friends are, are reading. But I, I take pride in bringing unique stories and unique angles, and everybody is sharing the same stories over and over and over again. And what I think that this becomes, especially with LinkedIn and the concept that they're going to bring Pulse into LinkedIn uh, and, uh, and then give, feed what your friends and what your connections and what your connections and connections are reading, I think it becomes a homogeny of content. It's just like all of a sudden, everybody's reading the same shit offering the same insights and not moving things forward. And, and if you've right. ever taken uh, you know, a, um, a data and a news hiatus, it clears your mind for some very important thinking, right? So your own ideas, not somebody else's ideas. And I think that as more companies, Zeit feeding up into CNN and then feeding CNN stories back in through Zeit, Pulse going to LinkedIn, all your friends contributing to that, and then it highlighting the key stories that you should know. Um, you're missing a, an underbelly, a layer of stories, stuff that I write, stuff that you write, stuff that smaller guys write that don't have that media outlet that is yeah. more important, in my opinion, than the shit that happens in Business Week and Newsweek and, and CNN, because that is homogenized, boiled down garbage news, right? For the most part. You, you, you have to start reading guys like Matthew Ingram, and you have to be on GigaOM if you're a part of this. And that stuff doesn't get isolated and put up into this space. So it, it's tough for me as a, as a guy who follows the news industry and the media industry very clearly that this, this becomes, um, you know, uh, simple for companies like LinkedIn, but but very difficult for independents to get their message out. That is more important, in my opinion. There you yeah. go. It, it's interesting, um, but location plays a, a part in it. Um, but fifty to one hundred million dollars. Uh, I've used I've used Pulse since the very first day that it came out, and and I love 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 it. And if they do anything to change that interface, there's a billion other guys that I can go out to and start using the same way. Like um, yeah, so. You know, I'm not a big fan of this. I like LinkedIn a lot. All right. Well, we'll we'll we'll, mo we'll monitor and we'll see what absolutely. happens. Absolutely. But uh, you know, uh, I think it's a good move for LinkedIn. Hopefully, they keep it as it is uh, if they do that. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll see where it goes. But don't stop. Don't stop reading Asif. 
yeah, yeah, stuff or my stuff or Matthew Ingram or any of those those yeah. guys, right? So yeah, yeah, please for sure. All right. Okay, our, our last story, our sixth story here, uh, is one that I'm really excited about, uh, a company out of Finland uh, called Indoor Atlas. Uh, and these guys have been around for a little bit now. Um, they, uh, they jumped back into the news this week because they raised an additional uh, 500,000 euros uh, from uh, primarily U.S. investors uh, as well. And uh, it's a company that plays, as the name implies, in the indoor location, indoor positioning space, which... I'm I'm a big fan of uh, Forbes has described it as the next billion dollar market. Um, you know we've talked about lots of companies in this category. Most of them do indoor positioning using Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. You know there's a few others that we've highlighted on the show in the past. Uh, you know like uh, Bite Light that's doing stuff with LED or you know Shopkick which uses ultrasound or things like that. But this this man this for me is really really cool because they're not using any of that stuff to figure out where you are. They're using just the natural magnetic fields of the earth. Um, I mean, come on, like I mean, this is just cool. So this is like uh, you know, a bunch of engineers directly out of the University of Ulu uh, have come up with this, and uh, basically the, what, what they what they hit on is that. Apparently, when you look at buildings out there, the, the steel masses in, in these buildings twist the Earth's magnetic field, um, and so, it, so much so that it create, creates every spot creates a unique pattern, and they've been able to track those patterns um, uh, and build these, uh, you know, into the app to detect where somebody is in a building, um, you know, from a magnetic field disturbance uh, perspective. So this this is just this just blows my mind that. Now we're just using, you know, the natural magnetic fields of the Earth. I mean, why this is so impactful is, you know, all the other stuff requires you to install something. You know, like you, you've got to install Wi-Fi, you know, routers. You've got to install ultrasound beacons. You've got to install light bulbs. You've got to install something. This is just, you know, we're just using what's there. Um, and, and this this is cool. This is really, really cool. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think uh, it's got a ton of potential uh, commercially. Um, and, and my last point, and, and then I'll be quiet on this, is, is that it, it's not even limited to you know how we see indoor positioning today, which is primarily big box stores and retail. Because it's the Earth's magnetic field, it works anywhere. So they've done testing where they've worked in mining tunnels, um, you know, with this kind of stuff, and being able to track you know where people are in, in you know deep down you know fourteen hundred meters below the surface of the Earth in copper mines. And zinc mines in central Finland. I mean, this is crazy. In a very cool way. Yeah, I, I am absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm floored by this. And um, you know, this is just goes to show you that we've only touched the surface of what these technologies can do and what these phones can do already. Um, and to yeah, this this blows me away. And if you can, I mean, you just watch this for a second. What we're talking about here is the way that they actually map the, you know, a, a business is that you you overlay a floor map or you overlay, uh, you know, a, um, uh, a store map and then it works in real time based on this. It's just, it's incredible. The Earth's magnetic, magnetic field acting as a location tool. And, and the accuracy is unbelievable too. So, it, you know, it, it's apparently, uh, it's down to 0.1 of a meter to two meters. It's crazy. Like that's. That's a, that's the worst it gets, like two meters. Um, yeah, it's pretty amazing, pretty amazing. 
Uh, this is it's very cool. So I mean, this is one of those things that if you're very if you're interested, just go to indooratlas.com uh, because you will not be uh, you you'll be blown away by what this actually what the capabilities are doing. They have a great two and a half minute video that was playing in the background there. If you were watching this, you would have seen. But it, it just goes to it shows you the things that it can do in real time um, and location. And and you know what they tell you to do is is you know put in put in a building. Put in the, you know, do, do your indoor uh, floor plan and then create an app around it. And it, it actually has a great demonstration of walking through the aisles of a grocery store and it can, follows you in real time without any additional hardware. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. This is why I love doing this show, Asif, is that you bring these kind of stories. And this is a Swedish company or Finland, a Finnish Finland, company. Finland, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll definitely get these guys on the show. I'd love to uh, have them come on and, and talk, uh, talk about this. So, uh, yeah. Just amazing stuff. So again, if you're interested in that, go to Indoor Atlas. You should be interested in this. So go to IndoorAtlas.com. Very, very, very cool. One last thing to finish. Those are the, the six stories. Anyways, what we talked about is we've talked about uh, Curie. These are the companies that you should be. Curie, Beergram. We've talked about Posse. We had a great uh, ep you know, a clip from an episode uh, for Untethered.tv with Shuli Lowy from uh, Ping Mobile. We've talked about Taco Bell and the requirement that they give us a location of a washroom. LinkedIn, the rumors around Pulse, and of course, Indoor Atlas, indoor location using the Earth's magnetic field. Oh my God. I wonder what happens if that adjusts slightly. Like, do you start bumping into the aisles just because? How, how often do you... Anyway. <laughs> yeah. All these sci-fi movies about the Earth's uh, magnetic field crumbling. What does that do to our location? I suppose there are bigger problems if that happens. All right, our last piece is the resource of the week, Asif. This is a, uh, I just, I, I kind of, I, I, I guess that this is just a, a reinforcement about the industry that you and I are both in. The fact that this kind of stuff, mobile ads and, and location targeting uh, kind of works. If you put it in context to the old school click-through rate. Yeah, it, it's just it's just a great article that highlights. Uh, so this is ad, uh, data coming out uh, from XAD. Uh, highlighting just how quickly uh, the adoption of, of location and geo, geo, geo fencing and geotargeting is happening. So uh, apparently 55% of campaigns uh, that were done by advertisers uh, use geofencing now uh, and even the standard geotargeting stuff like so just like this sort of location you know uh, targeting over IP if you will um, you know in a Pandora ad or something like that for example has dropped from 64% to 13% of campaigns. Uh, so, you know, it's all about geofencing now. It's all about geotargeted push uh, and things like that. Um, and then it goes on to say that uh, when you look at search-based behavioral targeting, um, that's where the biggest uh, lift is, uh, highest performance, 60% on average uh, over the industry benchmark, uh, of, of uh, which is normally a 0.5 uh, click-through rate. So. Um, you know, it, it's all about location now. We, we know that. That's why we do this show. Uh, and here's some data to back it up. Else to add, there is. I, you know, <laughs> I look forward to the day where we're not talking about click-through rates of 0.5% and thinking that 0.8% is a good click-through rate. I, I think that we're using old-school metrics in a new world. And I think that uh, we have to get rid of that kind of mentality. But as long as it's a frame of reference, and that's what it ends up being, uh, because some of these, some of these, you know, a 64% increase on a 0.5% click-through is shitty on top of shitty, right? However, mm -hmm. if you're going to do this kind of stuff, you might as well be doing it effectively. And that's what they're showing you is that location at least is having an, uh, an improvement, making an improvement uh, and an impact on people using these tools. So uh, I just wish we'd get away from this click-through rate garbage because that's not the important metric. Yeah. Here. 
Yeah, no, there's there's a lot of other metrics emerging, but we'll leave that for another day. <laughs> so so anyhow, um, you know, for, for the folks out there who uh, who've been following us forever, you know, we really thank you for your support. I want a quick shout out to uh, Ali Shah over at uh, Bubble Finder and Dave Shalabi and his crew over at Tap Track. Both those guys, uh, uh, welcome to the LBMA. They nice. uh, joined up, joined up uh, to, as part of uh, the LBMA family as uh, some of our newest members this week. So we really appreciate uh, you guys coming on board. And uh, you know, as, as we always say, uh, if you've got anything to share, you, you, you got a story that we should be talking about, Rob and I want to know about it, send us an email, send us a Twitter message, uh, you know, reach out to us in some way. Don't forget to subscribe to this in iTunes. Uh, you know we uh, we appreciate that and make sure you know you give us give us that uh, super super rating in there too you know that five rating we you know we, we want that so uh, thanks for listening that's 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 all I got from the LVMA Rob well you know what and don't forget uh, show up uh, April not October April 3rd in San Francisco go to the LVMA.com forward slash events you will find that listed among the many that Asif and his team are involved in but uh, this is going to be a unique one because Asif and I are going to be there both at the same time in sunny San Francisco so do not forget to sign up for that please we'd love to see you there that's all I got episode number 121 right. nailed we'll be back for 122 Asif, have a safe travel uh, as you go through Europe. Be safe. Come back to us. And uh, and I, I guess we've got to figure out where we're going to do 122. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think I'll be in Munich. In Munich. So we might get a tour of the city. Take some video. We'll throw it up. There you go. Take some video. Yeah. Until then, enjoy your week. Asif, safe travels. We'll see you next time on This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Cheers. See everybody.